Hey guys, I'm, I'm, my name is Casey. I, I think I have met everybody. We got some new people in here this morning, first timers, which is good. Cool to see everyone, man. And uh, um, great to be here at New City Church this morning. Amen. We've had three services. All of them have been pretty full. Like I, I was talking to uh, somebody this uh, this morning, and somebody's like, "So I know we're growing, but tell me about that. What does it look like?" And I said, "Well, you know, look at this time last year. We're about double." <laughs> it's kind of crazy, and we're not like trying to go reach people, but for some reason, God trusts us with people, and He's bringing people. And uh, you know, today we're going to talk a lot about stories and stories of how lives are different lives are impacted. I want to bring up uh, Jeremy and Kathleen Little. Oh, this guy's name's Little. That's pretty funny, and um, one of the biggest cats on the planet. And um, and and my my buddy Jim Harris, man. And so we're going to bring up these guys for a little bit talk to these guys and uh, talk about their stories, but I want to tell a couple other stories uh, before we do that. Oh, I knew it was going to get tangled. I knew it. I knew it. I have done it now. Pete's going to kill me. Oh, there we go. Hey. All right. So we got that. There you go, guys. And so, you know, uh, we were talking, uh, each service is a little bit different. There's no cookie cutter type stuff uh, going on. And so I want to tell you guys a couple of stories that, uh, that I've heard already uh, this morning. And when we start talking about like we're talking about this whole idea and you know we have this question mark all over the place and we start talking about this whole idea of of will it be us that God chooses to use to reach his people to be on mission for his people will we answer yes when he says whom shall I send whom shall I send for me who will go for us and we say it is us amen and we actually have a, a group of people that have actually started a Facebook page. And I was joking in the first service. Uh, they haven't asked me to be on it uh, until somebody goes, oh, you're on it now. Like, oh, I was just kidding around, you know. But they have made a Facebook page and actually are starting to connect with people that have been maybe fallen through the cracks over the last couple of years of being in the church. And it is a group called It Is Us. Um, I, they, I jokingly said it certainly is us, but then if you do the initials, it says ISIS or something, so it's kind of weird. But uh, they're like, no, nah, that wouldn't work, although people would remember that. Um, but it is us, amen? And I love that, they have, that there, have, there have been some people that have answered that call and answered that question. Yes, it is us that God will use and trust to minister and to mission and to bring people to know him. Because without the church, guys, without the church, there will be no salvations, right? Do you understand that? I'm not talking about New City Church. I'm talking about the global church. It is us that will go and reach people. Nobody else is going to do it. You understand that, right? And so we're a local manifestation of the global body of believers, and we truly, genuinely see ourselves as part of that big picture, big kingdom type, type stuff. That's why when, man, we have different things going on and all this kind of stuff, and we never want to get like, like so drawn into ourselves that we, uh, we forget that we're supposed to be here for the, for the advancement and the growth of his body of believers, the bride. The people are reached for him on his behalf. Amen? I mean, it's so cool. And a couple of stories I've, I've just this morning have popped up. And I love this. I love this. Because we're a family, right? And I'm sitting here talking to, to if you guys don't know Brian Fort, Brian and Shaylee got a brand new baby. We got two brand new babies that baby is not even five pounds. It's so cute. Look, it's so big. It's so small. And if you guys don't know their story, Brian got baptized at the beginning of this year, by the way. He was the first one, I think, to get baptized this year. And we've had 40 baptisms. You started a trend, bro. We had 40 baptisms just this year. And uh, 78 overall as a, as a church body since we've been a church for two and a half years. But 
one of the things, this is the most glorious, one of the most glorious things I've, I've heard in a long time. I, I just said, you know, I looked at their baby and I said, God, I'm holding the baby. I said, you guys are so blessed. He goes, we're truly blessed because if we have a family like this. Wow. Now, on top of that, Brian, before the beginning of this year, was an atheist. Come on, man, right? I mean, that's crazy, right? Like, think about that. Think about coming from a, an unbeliever, believer that there is no God, to falling into God's glory and, and being drawn in by God. And not only that, but saying, this is the blessing, right? And we start talking about being on mission for people and being on mission. I talked to a young man this morning that is facing prison time very, very soon. He said, you know what? I'm going to be on mission there. And he said, I'm going to bring these missionaries out of there. When we all get out of there, we're going to be on mission for him too. Woo, man, are you kidding me? That's what I'm talking about. Those are stories, right? And so David Eastwood, I've asked him to stay for all three services today because he comes in this morning in the very first service. He goes, guys, there's a spirit of defeat here that we need to be praying out. And he goes, man, it's just been lifted. And understand something, there is no defeat in Jesus. It's all victory, man. It's already been decided. So we've got to understand those types of things. Amen? So when we start praying for those things, we're praying not with, oh, God, I hope we don't get, get jacked up and messed up and defeated. It's like, God, you are already victorious. We're going to pray into that with that understanding, and we're going to be on mission that way because he's already decided, right, that we are victors in him. And so, man, we start talking about this morning, I, like these are some stories that have just, I mean, just in the last week and couple of weeks have just, man, just really hit me really hard. Jim Harris, if you don't know Jim, he and his wife Kim have been coming here for a little over, gosh, a year, year and a half, something like that. And Jim was my old uh, Sunday school teacher at the church. We were, we were together at that church for 14 years together. So I've known him since, you know, 2000, 2001 or something like that. Jim, Jim was my old Sunday school teacher. So a lot of what happens... It's his fault. <laughs> so, just saying you blame him, man, right? And then, <laughs> that's on you, pal. And then Jeremy. I think Casey said old Sunday school teacher. <laughs> in the most loving way. Former, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I still sit at your feet, man. I still want to learn from you. And um, this is Jeremy and Kathy Little, who, who had another, another, just a really cool story to, to talk about. So I'm going to start off with you guys, if you don't mind, because we start talking about will it be us you see these are the lives that are impacted genuinely impacted because of our obedience and our stepping into being on mission and we've done that for a couple two and a half years and we're we ain't seen nothing nothing yet amen and so jeremy and kathy said something the other day about about before they were at uh, at the church that was edgerton southern baptist church and and there's kind of a neat connection i hadn't forgotten about with with you guys but uh Tell us about that and what, what new cities, or once we've become new city, like what, what's happened in your life? Um, okay, so <clears throat> like in Casey said, <coughs> we'd come here before and we'd quit, um, and we'd went somewhere else. And this is kind of like the armpit of Johnson County. I always say it that way. I, I probably shouldn't. Is but right? we always get the leftovers. No one really cares about Edgerton. It's cheap to live here. and. The lawns aren't really manicured, you know, the houses are affordable. <laughs> um, but we were at Edgerton Frontier Days um, four or five years ago. I forget how long ago it was. It was, you guys had had the facility, but you hadn't come here yet. 
But I think people from your Shawnee Mission campus were coming out here yeah. Uh, yeah. already, and they were running some rides that year. And I don't remember who it was exactly, um, but they actually just started talking to us. And our, you know, our kids weren't even on that ride. We just like hung around and enjoyed the conversation. And they asked about like our lives, and it was personal. Like they cared. I mean, it wasn't just. We all know what small talk feels like if you go in the grocery store and like you're like hey how you doing today yeah i'm fine how you doing today yeah i'm fine you know it's not really how you feel all the time but that's what you say because you don't want people to know what you really think and it might scare them if they really knew what you thought (laughs) so anyway this person this this couple just talked to us and um through that it kind of made a difference to me because we've never really given back to our community we've lived here for what 15 years now it was 15 the first service. 16 <laughs> the second. Let's go for 17. That <laughs> but, like, time and resources and money, we've never given back to anything in this community because I felt it didn't matter. And through their conversation with us and getting to know this church and becoming part of this church, it's important. I mean, it's it's really important. And I want other people in our community to feel the way that we feel because – it's it's all about relationships and people know that you care about them they give back and so that's where we are okay i'm gonna caveat what she said about not giving back in time and resources and stuff uh any of the any of you guys that have been around <coughs> any of the cub scouts or boy scouts we've yeah. we've done our time there yeah and we're still doing our time there by the way there's an eagle scout presentation at two o'clock today oh yeah here. tristan's here, getting his eagle yeah, presentation so it's gonna be fun but as everything grows, we need our eagle projects to grow a little bigger there you in go. size too. But there you that's, go. that's a whole other su- conversation. Yep, nice. Man, you know, it, and being the host uh, organization for the Boy Scouts too is really kind of a kind of a neat honor. It's a way that you know, you know, it's a way that we can we can be engaged in the community and, and that kind of thing, as well as like, I, you guys help us a bunch. Like all the all the woodwork that's been on the outside and that kind of thing, the fire pit that's been done the new deck that's been done, all Eagle Scout projects that, that don't cost hardly anything. Like, you get most everything donated. It's remarkable what you guys have done. So thank you. Thank you so much for, for that. But, but ultimately, what you guys said to me, what struck me, was that you said that nobody ever cared about our town before. And that, that, that is interesting to me. That's why when we start talking about, like, in the next series, that it takes a city. Like, we're going to well, we look at what it means to have Jesus as Lord and what does it mean for us to impact the city. You know, we have our three dots. It's you. It starts with you. It starts with a personal relationship. Then it starts with your family, which is the second dot. And then it says the city is the third dot. And so how we have an individual relationship with Jesus impacts our family and impacts our, our city. Amen? And that's how this works. Jim, tell us a little bit about, like, how you came to New City, your story, and why it's what what is important to you is what is important to us well um as casey said we spent um several years at the uh previous church together um (coughs) at that church um people just came to church there were a lot of uh they they weren't interested um and I don't want to talk bad about the body of Christ. Right. It's not my intention. Right. I don't mean to do that. They just they just came to church, and that's unfortunate. So it really, 
um, sent me down a path of praying, Lord, what should I be doing? What do I need to be doing? And how can I be serving where you want me to serve? Well, a lesson in being cautious of what you pray for. So <laughs> while I was preparing for a Sunday school lesson, and I would not call myself a, a teacher, I would go more for a facilitator. I would prepare and go, okay, here's, here's what we're going to talk about, and let's hopefully everybody will talk about this. But uh, uh, a teacher is not something I would claim to be. But um, So as I was preparing for a lesson, there was a phrase in this lesson that struck me. It said, find out where the Lord is working and meet him there. Hmm. And it literally punched me. It felt like, it seriously felt like I got punched in the chest. I mean, it, there was no other description for it other than that. I couldn't do anything except start to cry, get down on my knees and pray and tell God, that's not what I'm doing. It's not what I'm doing where I'm at. What, what do I do? And uh, many years ago, and we used to live in Edgerton um, back in 95, right after we moved to the Kansas area. And uh, my kids all went through school here at uh, Edgerton and Gardner. And, um, and we lived out uh, at 56 and Four Corners. My wife used to run the Boyd's greenhouses when it was out there before the intermodal <laughs> came in. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so years ago, probably a good... 10 plus years ago, the Lord put on my heart that Edgerton needed a youth center for the kids because my kids never had anything to do while they were here in town. I worked, I worked in Prairie Village. Um, my wife worked at the greenhouses. My kids went to school and they came home. That was it. They had nowhere to go. So it was always on my heart that what, what can they do except get in trouble with the other kids while they're just hanging out, you know, doing what kids do. You know, that's unfortunate, and that was, was always on my heart. So anyway, so I was, I worked with the former pastor of the Edgerton Baptist Church, and he had told me about New City and Casey taking over this church. And again, having known Casey, um, I still came. <laughs> and, um, that can only be God, man. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's just the Lord leading. Um, so anyway, so uh, after having this experience, I, I called Casey, and I was like, dude, I got to tell you this. So I'm calling him, I'm talking to him, and he's laughing on the phone, and he's laughing, and he's laughing, and he's laughing. I'm like, man, this is serious. Quit <laughs> laughing. I'm like, dude, stop laughing. And he's carrying on. I mean, I'm pouring my heart out to this guy on the phone. I'm like half in tears, you know, this whole conversation. He's just carrying on laughing. And finally, I'm like, Okay, so now that I'm done, you know, spilling my guts to you on the phone, what is so funny? He's like, so, uh, like, Edgerton, the city, and our church have been talking about the need for a youth center here in um, Edgerton, and, but we really don't have anybody to kind of spend time doing it, so it kind of sounds like maybe you're that guy. <laughs> he goes, so that sounds like that's just God showing off to me. And uh, so, again, it's very terrifying to me um, because I've spent, my background is uh, law enforcement and investigations, so I spent my entire adult life doing that. 
Um, so I really have my interaction with kids is not in a positive way generally, so <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. So, uh, but, uh, um, but you know, that, that's when that brought us here. You know, we decided we needed to see about coming here and thought we would make a break uh, from our previous church in May and uh, came here a few times and visited and the Lord said, yeah, you thought you were gonna do it in May, let's do it in February because you guys think you know what's going on, but let me tell you what's going to happen. So, yeah, again, right that's the, you know, tell God your plan and just wait for the laugh. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> anyway, so that's kind of what brought us here anyway. So right. that's, that was our start of our journey here. What kept us here was the spirit moving through the word and the preaching and just the love we experienced when we first came and that we've continued to experience as we've been here so yep. that's been the probably the greatest attribute i would say that that we can that we can easily identify yeah right on man you know it's fun to see um like with the you, you mentioned youth and, and doing something with the youth i love what god did with our youth this past week sunday afternoon um they were supposed to leave at two o'clock i think you guys left out at three thirty or 4 typical youth guys right i was i was youth. that's right it's all jake's fault from the shawnee campus but yeah i'm a, I'm a former youth pastor so i get it but um but they went out that we like we commissioned them out to oklahoma to Hera church in uh, Hera, oklahoma this past week and they they were uh, witnessing to the bbs down there with them and that kind of thing and and, and just genuinely a mission genuine mission trip the youth got very tight there the ones that went and uh, and i love that but they left out sunday come back and you guys had a blowout and everything on the trailer is so cool so awesome yeah I, like that's just that's just what mission trips do but like they left sunday monday morning we had another group of missionaries that were youth mission like a whole youth group from monroe louisiana uh duck dynasty people man some of these people knew some of some of the Robertson people and stuff. So they came and they stay. They all stayed here uh, all week and left out Thursday and actually had uh, somebody out here in a camper till Saturday. Uh, but those are the kinds of things, guys, that are that are happening and God is using and and doing. Like it is remarkable to me what God is is. I'm as amazed as anybody. You know, we we are have looked at and pray for not for numerical growth. God's just given that, but we just want the Spirit to be moving like the spirit to be doing his thing. And so we're, you know, like we're talking about being missionaries and what it means like day-to-day -day mission, like not just going into Central America and that kind of thing. We have a, uh, a mission field that's right here in our lap and it's about to get bigger. It's about to be like, there is some things that we have got to be thinking in our heart and our habits and our day-to-day -day activities. And the littles have done some of that just this week. Tell us about what you were talking about um, with your, you know, you got visitors and how you were. No, what I was going to say, going <coughs> back to what you said, Jim, um, Casey told me after this last service, you were driving by and God told you that there was going to be a youth center in the open field, that I think that's important to note that he reached out and told you that even eight years before now it's coming to fruition. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Sorry, I laughed at you. Oh no! I, but it was funny. I, I, expe I expect nothing less. <laughs> okay, so 
in our in the past week, um, we hosted a soccer coach from Wales through the British Challenger Soccer Exchange Program. Yeah. Sis, did I get all that right? Okay. That's that's the other football. Yes. The football that actually uses feet. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, Josh asked me that question. The preseason that was, has started. That was the uh, that was the soccer coach's name. He goes, "Why do you guys call it football? Because you use the kicker is the only one that actually uses their feet." That's it's a good point, actually. <laughs> I don't know. I still kind of uh. think it was a loaded question. <laughs> but anyways, um, he spent a week with us, and we got to know him and take him and do some things because apparently Jack Stack doesn't exist over there. And, well, he got a hold Pray of some good him. barbecue, and right. I'm kind of glad I don't take him there every day because I need a second mortgage. But that's, <laughs> that's beside the point. That's cool. Anyways, um, by Friday night, you know, he went and spent time – with gardener girls and boys for mornings and Lee Summit boys and girls for evenings. And Friday night, we just kind of kicked back, laid, let it down. Uh, we grilled out. Neighbor said, uh, well, I was using his grill, so I kind of figured I probably ought to cook his dinner too. So, <laughs> um, That's cool. Yeah, he cool. came over, grilled some spare ribs for him, did uh, ribeye steaks for us, you know, and Afterwards, they come over, and we played cards for a while. And, and these aren't really believers, though, right? No, they're not. Yeah, and, you know, that neighbor pretty well could drown a fish with the amount he drinks. Yeah. And Josh was like, okay, so you told us you told me you're Christians, but you, you do this with your – you have your neighbors over for dinner. And it's that's like, big. you know, that's what Jesus did. He went to the sinners. He didn't stay in the – didn't stay with the saints kind of thing, yeah, right you on, know. Man. And, uh, of course, the first two services, I didn't tell tell everybody that I set Steve's driveway on fire, but that's what's <laughs> like. Well, I poured, I poured all the expansion cracks full of acetone, and if you know how that works, you know, you light it, and it flames up a little bit, but then you got the little blue flames that dance up and down, and yeah. Josh is sitting there with his eyeballs like this big around. He's like, we don't do that kind of stuff over there. <laughs> Well, you should. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to America. But Set things on fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told him about my pyrotech license, so he was nice. he was okay with nice. that then. So, but that's what it's about. It's about, you know, being real, being with your neighbor, getting to know your neighbors. And uh, Kathy shared in the last service, we got some friends that have been stationed different places in the United States with the, with the Marines and the Air Force now. And they've never been in a place where they know their neighbors. Wow. They might know them by name and sight, but don't do anything with them. I mean, wow. things like that. And we were just. They don't hang out. They don't get in their driveways and have fire pits together. And they don't go like they don't know their neighbors. They don't do things together after that works over and, you know, you all hang out. They don't. There's no community there. So it kind of that. I was like, really? Are, are you serious? Because they've been in the military like 10 plus years. They have two daughters that are, what, seven, eight years old and twins? Yeah, they got I'm like, they've never experienced this, and it's amazing to me. And, and that's I want people in this community to feel that, too. I don't want them to say, I don't know my neighbors. We have a friend from Boston, and she's like, I've lived my whole life there, and I don't know the people that live next to me. Wow. I don't, I don't get that at all. I don't want that here. Yeah. Important. But, but it's been a it's been a growing week for me. Um, I've felt since we've spent our time with Josh and stuff. I was like, said something to Kathy, and she kind of gave me a funny look, and I said, "Well, you know, 
what about a foreign exchange student at some time in the future? And she goes, yeah, we need to talk about that yet. <laughs> so. Yeah, we're praying through it. But isn't it important, guys, that we are on mission for him, no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, no matter where we're living, no matter where we are, um, in prison or out of prison, you know, uh, at work or not at work, we're supposed to be on mission, going to the grocery store, wherever we are. Um, so, you know, when we're talking about those kinds of things and how we reach people, now it's not just so that people can come to our church. I understand that. It truly is about, like, seeing people not, like, go from, like, lost to saved. I mean, this is huge, right? This is a, a big undertaking. But not just after they're saved. We actually walk with people. Like, we make disciples. We have visions that God has given us that, that we are to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. That, that we want people to, their names to be known. Because God knows their names. And if we can know their names, too, we can know what their needs are. Like, that, like to know your guys' names and to know your story and to hear more and more about what God's doing is, is important. The community is better off because we are in it. That's our vision. Amen? And so if we're not, like, it's not just so that we can, like, build up this organization called New City Church. It's so that God, like, we are preparing our hearts, preparing our minds, praying for God to, praying to the Lord of the harvest to raise up his people and to, to just use us in his way. So that question mark is always a question. Like, it's a, will you be obedient? Will we call Jesus Lord? And we're going to talk about that in the next series a little bit more called it takes a city but guys you guys are like starting that uh, you, and you've been on mission just didn't really maybe know what it's called or maybe that but but to see people starting to to say i am now a missionary what do you guys say we need to do individually and collectively as a body what needs to change in our minds and our hearts and and what we do and what we see and where we where we go what do you guys think well one of the thoughts I had, and I'm going to call Pete out again on this one. Uh, nice. Last service, he he started out <laughs> with his with the music, and he said, "You know, it's not about tradition. Yeah. There's plenty of traditions that really don't hold a whole lot of uh, hold hold a, hold a lot of, yeah a whole lot of value. Yep. You know, is there? Uh, I don't remember any place in the Bible where it says, you know, if the worship team's singing, you got to stand. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of, that was touching off his point. But, you know, some of the churches we've been to in the past, and while I love Mike Bickley's preaching to death, mm -hmm. especially when he applies uh, biblical, f biblical sense to four teenage boys trying to drive all at the same time, yeah. <laughs> I, I know we don't have four, but, you know, we'll probably need some of those lessons again, yeah. too. Yeah. But, you know, one of the reasons we came here was... Pastor Casey's not really traditional as far as the pastor sense goes. Weird. Well. Oh, sorry. Um, but Aiden, <laughs> my son, yeah, diff <laughs> different. Different's good. Um, like my son Aiden, for example. You know, we went to OBC, Olathe Bible, for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And Aiden heard Pastor Mike, but I don't know. We came here and he's like, I get him. Hmm. And then we were telling the kids, you know, you're going to be at church all three services this week because we're going to be up front. And I said in the earlier two services that it was Aiden, but my daughter called me out and corrected me on it. Yes, you can put nice. your hand down now. Which, she yeah, says, nice. Pastor Casey ain't going to let you preach, right? I said, well, I said, he may not be the most traditional, but I don't think he's gone that far off the deep end yet. 
So not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I just want to clarify that Pastor Casey's a vessel. It was actually God that reached out and got a hold of Aiden. Yeah. Amen. Amen. By the throat, if need be. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Love to see it. Jim, how about you? What do you think? Um, well, I think for each of us, it's important that um, we start from a perspective of, of obedience to, to Christ and uh, um, certainly dealing with one another as we, um, as we work towards our unity as a body. Amen. First to our first perspective is love as Christ has instructed us not only to love God, but then to love each other mm-hmm. as he loved us. Um, and which has been a struggle for me all my life. Um, and uh, as you talk about often, and, um, and I absolutely agree with, there's a reason I don't have a fish on my car. And there's a reason that when I drive, I have to remember that Jesus Christ died for that person and loves that person just as much as he loves me so what do what who am i to think any less of that individual and more of myself wow convicted as i'm rolling down the road and and don't you know where don't you know i got someplace to be uh you know and where's where's that coming from that's Hmm. very convicting for me um so understand that as brothers and sisters, you don't know if that's another brother or sister in Christ. So we need to understand that we're called to be loving to each other from the beginning. That has to be our perspective. And once we start that with each other, then we will carry that out into our mission externally, um, outside, and how we treat other people. Um, you know, I have, again, worked towards this and it's taken me a very long time to even get to the small step that I've been able to take Um, but I I pray every day for the Lord to show me opportunities to serve and where is he and where does he want me to be obedient where does he want me to step in to do something that he has for me I pray that he will show me an opportunity and that I'm not too busy I'm not too blind, or I'm not too worried about Jim to go. I got stuff to do. I'm, I'm on my way. Yeah. You know, and that I'm just basically not too stubborn to, to, to do what he's instructed me to do. Right on, man. Right on, man. I know we are. Uh, we could, I, I could talk to you guys all day. I really could, man. Because I love to hear the, the what God is is doing. Um, but would I? Would you guys just give these guys a hand one more time? I just, thank you. Um, thank you all so much for, for stepping into some, some stuff that is not natural. Like it's, it's not, doesn't come naturally, but, but you're starting to recognize that, that we've got to be on mission at, at, at all times. Like every time we eat, no, well, what does the scripture say? No matter we eat or drink, whatever we do, right? Do all for the glory of God. So Father, we just thank you. Um, we are amazed at what you have done um, in this church, we are amazed at the, and just in awe, like nobody expected any of this. I mean, nobody expected us to be double, essentially, what we were at this time last year. Nobody expected um, almost 80 baptisms since we've been a church in a couple, for a couple of years. Nobody expected 
people to be genuinely discipled the way they are. Nobody expected um, just the genuine love and affection that the community has for this church and the reputation. Nobody expected any of that, God, but, but you knew it was coming, and you have poured it on. So, Lord, we just thank you for that. Thank you for the favor you've given us as a church. We are truly in awe and in submission to you. This is your church. You are the pastor. And, Father, we submit to you because you are Lord. We thank you for the offer of the one-time salvation, but we also thank you for the privilege, for the privilege to be your followers, to be your sons and daughters, to be your disciples. And Father, may we reach the people that are not only here for you and learn what it means to actually teach them to be obedient to you, but may those that are about to move here prepare their hearts and minds all the way around and prepare us for the harvest. Father, we love you more than we can tell you. And with great enthusiasm, everybody in the house said, Amen. Amen.